And if you keep chasing something that is based on someone else's definition of success, then you will never feel successful. And it doesn't matter how many boxes you tick on this arbitrary to-do list of life that you have. If you've written that list because of someone else's voice, someone else's definition, then nothing will ever feel enough. And it requires a lot of honesty. Welcome to Authentic Imperfection, the podcast hosted by me, Steph Allen. This is a space to discuss all things mindset, wellness, self-love, and exploring your spirituality. I'm a recovering perfectionist, and I'm obsessed with helping you step into your authenticity and start taking messy action towards the life that you know you desire and deserve. Join me each week for solo episodes and deep dive conversations. I'm so excited that you're here. Let's dive in. I'm going to get right into it today because I'm so excited to talk about this topic. I haven't really got a plan. I think you should be used to this by now, but it's been something that's coming up a lot in conversations with clients, conversations with friends in masterminds that I'm in, and also within myself. It's been something that I'm doing a lot of soul searching on at the moment. And something that if I could go back and tell my younger self anything, any one piece of advice, it really would be this. And that is to figure out what your authentic definition of success is. Instead of just chasing something because you think it's what you should be doing. And look, to be honest, if I told my younger self this, she probably would have rolled her eyes and just carried on. <laughs> because with this journey, with any of this, you cannot force something on someone else who is not ready to hear it, especially if it they don't have the capacity or the inclination to really get curious and have the self-awareness to truly understand what that means. And that's not, I'm not saying that in a patronizing way. I'm not saying that in a hierarchical way in that one person is further along or better or higher than the other, but it is just a different part of a journey. And I do believe, or I hope people will start to ask themselves these questions at an earlier age. But some people never ask themselves these questions. So what does it even mean, success? What does it mean to you? I'm giving you a few moments just to think. Has your definition of success changed? How do you feel about that change? And when you hear that definition of success that's in your mind, is it in your own words? Is it your own voice that you hear or is it someone else's voice telling you what success is? I 
And if all of this has just made your brain just go like, oh my God, I can't listen to this. I'm on my commute to work. It's not what I want to talk about right now. Then look, it's fine. (laughs) But I do invite you to consider these questions at some point in your own time. Because it's my genuine belief that the reason that we see so many high achieving, high performing people who outwardly look like they have it all together, but aren't happy on the inside. It is my belief that the reason we see these people like this is because they are actually disconnected from what success means to them. And they're expecting these things to bring them happiness and fulfillment, and then they don't. And so they think they must try harder and they keep pushing in that same direction. But it's actually, it's not in alignment for them. So it doesn't matter how high they get up that corporate ladder, how many letters they get after their name, how big their house is, how fast their car is. None of it matters if it's not actually in alignment with what's truly important to you. And I say this because I did this. I did this when I became a veterinarian. And that's not to say that being a vet isn't important to me and wasn't important to me. But if I really ask myself why I pursued it in the first place, a huge part of it for me was it wasn't so much about money or anything like anyone who's in the veterinary profession knows that that would be a terrible reason to go into it because compared to other careers with a similar amount of study, the pay is comparatively very low. So it wasn't for money. Obviously, I do love animals. Of course I do. But if I get really honest with myself, which I have done over the past few years, a huge part of becoming a vet to me was a bit of a status thing. And again, I don't mean that in a, I want to be better than someone else, but it was more of an internal thing for me of like, well, if I become a vet, then that means I must be smart and hardworking and compassionate and all these things you associate with vets, or at least, you know, most people in society would, you know, say, every time you tell someone you're a vet or studying to be a vet, you often get the response like, oh, you must be really smart. So it's like a validation, really, more than a status. Validation is probably the right word. And because I had such a low opinion of myself and was always trying to prove myself in some way, being a vet was, I was told it was the most difficult thing to get into at that time and that no one from my school had ever got into vet school and it was highly unlikely. So it was an opportunity for me to really like prove myself. But what I didn't take into consideration was at the time, my favorite subjects were English and art and creative things. And I didn't really see the value in that. I decided that I was going to do this really challenging thing and just push full steam ahead there. And I let go of those little parts of myself. Those parts of myself that used to bring me a lot of happiness, painting, reading, writing, allowing myself to 
express myself creative creatively without a concern for the result. And it may sound small, but it was around that time that I was really starting to betray little parts of myself, trying to fit myself into a box of what I thought a a vet should be. When you hang out with a certain group of people, you do naturally pick up on some of their mannerisms. You see the people that fit the more textbook definition of what a vet should be, what they should, how they should dress, what they enjoy doing in their spare time. And you start to mold yourself into that environment. You start to make yourself fit. You make yourself fit in because we're craving that connection. And it's easy to get wrapped up in what everyone else is saying success is. And you start to lose that connection to that inner voice within you. The one that's telling you to do the things that bring you joy, telling you to go in a slightly different direction. And so when it comes to determining your definition of success, you do have to go back and look at what was modeled to you as a version of success. And that's not to put criticism on any of your caregivers, your teachers, the people around you. It's coming from a place of, as I always say, that curiosity and self-compassion, but also compassion for everyone else who has influenced you. And when I was saying about whose voice is that, you know, often we have pressure from influential people in our lives, whether that be our caregivers, teachers, friends. But it's important to remember that most of the time, if they're people that love you, even if that voice has had a negative impact, negatives, you know, not the right word, but maybe pushed you in a direction that isn't truly authentically you, the vast majority of the time, it would have been done with the best intentions. So for example, if you were pushed to pursue a certain career that had a lot of status, a lot of opportunity, you were likely pushed to do that because that was a a route that would ensure your safety and stability, not because they want to push you away from who you are, but because they believe that that's what's best for you. So when I say to look into this further and look into where this voice comes from, it's not from a place of placing blame. It's just from a place of curiosity and understanding and knowing that every single person you meet, every person who has influenced you sees the world through a slightly different lens. And that lens is clouded by their own personal experiences, their own upbringing, their own limiting beliefs. And they will project that onto you. And in a world with so many voices, so many opinions, that's why it becomes so important to connect to that part of yourself, that inner wisdom that you have. So often we can't even make the most simple decisions without asking someone else. Should I buy this outfit? 
send your photos to a friend. What are you going to order at dinner? Simple, simple decisions. We don't give ourselves the time to even ask ourselves first before we're asking someone else's opinion. And when it comes to determining what success means to you, the most fundamental part of this is determining your own authentic values. And you might think that sounds like some corporate mumbo jumbo or some kind of tick box exercise, but it's actually one of the foundational components of my signature program, Find Your Authentic Flow. And the reason it's one of these foundations is because when you have your values in place and your core, core values will likely not change that much throughout your life, your priorities may change slightly, but your values at your very core are unlikely to change that much. And a lot of the work I do with clients is getting really deep into these values and getting into them from a place of non-judgment, not choosing values that you think sound the best. You know, they sound like it makes you the nicest person or the most quote unquote empowering or compassionate values, the ones that are actually yours. And because when you have your values in place, you can use your values as a framework to make decisions. And your success, your definition of success will likely correlate very closely to your values. So for example, if you say that you value quality time with your family, like that is your number one value, and it's okay if that's not your number one value as well. Don't just pick that because you think you should, because you think it sounds like that would make you a good person for that to be your number one value. But let's say that it is. Let's say that quality time with your family is your number one value. But yet you work a job where you commute a long distance, you work long hours, and you don't get to see them. And you may tell yourself, well, I need to do this. I need to do this to provide for them. I need to do this to provide stability for my family. But that's not the same as quality time. Now, if your value is stability and security, and that is really, really important to you, more so than quality time, then having that job where you provide a certain level of comfort and stability for your family would be more in alignment than if quality time was your core value. And sometimes, yes, there's compromises that have to be made, certain seasons in your life when external situations will influence how well you are able to live your values. But this cannot be something that you compromise over the long term. You absolutely cannot compromise your values over the long term and expect to live a happy, authentic life. And if the life you are living does not align with your values, then you need to change it. And like I said, there will be seasons where you cannot be fully, fully, fully in alignment, but they cannot last long because it will be at the expense of your happiness. And if you keep chasing something that is based on someone else's definition of success, then you will never feel successful. And it doesn't matter how many boxes you tick 
on this arbitrary to-do list of life that you have, if you've written that list because of someone else's voice, someone else's definition, then nothing will ever feel enough. And it requires a lot of honesty and it requires a lot of courage, especially if your definition of success doesn't fit the societal norm. There will be people who really find it uncomfortable. And again, it might be coming from a place of love. If someone is trying to talk you out of your dreams, it says far more about them than it does about you. doesn't mean that they don't believe in you or don't care about you and they don't want you to be happy. Sometimes it means that they're just worried for you. What you're doing is challenging how they feel so much that it's going to cause them a lot of anxiety, especially if they love you. They want you to be happy. But what they don't realize is your definition of happy is different to theirs. And as well as determining your values and creating your definition of success from that authentic place, I think success is also directly related to your purpose, or at least a feeling of success is related to how much you feel you are living your purpose. And I could do a whole episode on purpose, and I probably will, probably do more than one episode on purpose. And if saying purpose or dharma or anything like that, if that just feels a bit uncomfortable in your body and feels a little bit too intangible or grandiose, even just making it into an adjective and thinking about living a more purposeful life. Because we all have unique gifts. We all have unique superpowers, a unique way of seeing the world. We've overcome different challenges, had different experiences. And it all comes down to, and it all relates to your purpose. And your purpose does not have to be your career. It does not have to be one single thing, but it is the thread that runs through what you do and how you do it. I believe it is everyone's purpose to show up as their authentic self. And by showing up as their authentic self, that will allow their purpose to come through. And it doesn't have to be on some huge grand scale. Your purpose may be to be the most wonderful mother to your children and bring them up in with so much love and compassion and nurture them so they can grow into the most incredible human beings. That may be your purpose. Your purpose may be to be the best neuroscientist in the world. It may be something huge. It may be something small, but it's not about the perceived size of the impact. It is about how that feels to you. Because when you are truly living in alignment with your purpose, then you will feel successful. It won't matter what the external evidence of that success is. Because there is nothing, there is nothing worse than feeling like a fraud, feeling unworthy. 
And if you're constantly chasing something that isn't in alignment to you, then every time you achieve it, you will feel like a fraud. And your purpose and your definition of success are allowed to evolve with time. As you start to peel back the layers of yourself, gain new insights, have new experiences, these things will change. It's not about deciding when with black and white thinking, like this is the only thing that I can go after. But that's why having your values as a framework is so important because you can use any decision really and just be like, well, is this in alignment with what I value? And that can really help build that trust in yourself and make those decisions more. Well, they're still not going to be easy. You know, there's still going to be some resistance, but just making sure that you have something to fall back on, especially if you're someone who is quite logical and does like to analyze situations and have systems in place. If you're a little bit in your masculine energy, then your values are just even more important. So I think that's where I'm going to leave it today. Hopefully it's given you something to think about. I think it's a conversation that more and more people are having now, and I love it. I love it. There's no longer this expectation that we all have to pick one career and stay there for the rest of our lives, even if it doesn't make us happy. There's flexibility to change. It's a pretty exciting place, to be honest. Like I know there's a lot of crap going on all over the world. But since the pandemic, I think more and more people were questioning the way things were done. It was just like a big shakeup of society, but also everyone on an individual level. And we can choose to see it as chaos or we can choose to see it as an opportunity. So that's it for this week. I have a very exciting announcement, but it's not coming just yet. (laughs) If you do consider yourself a perfectionist, you struggle with imposter syndrome, you procrastinate and you just don't trust yourself, it's going to be for you. If you are interested, please send me a message on Instagram at findingflowstate. Send me a message with the word perfectionist and I will get back to you with a few more details before the live launch that's coming. It's, yeah, I'm really excited about it. I've still got two one-to-one spaces available as well for my signature program, Find Your Authentic Flow. It's a three-month transformative journey to connect to your authentic self and really step away from the ways that you self-sabotage your own success. And of course, we go into defining your version of success and your values. That's part of the foundational, the first month, which is a foundational month to really get clarity and calibrate where you are right now. So you can actually make the most of the container and make changes that are going to have tangible, lasting, sustainable results. So if those spots are for you, then absolutely send me a message, drop me an email, all the things Everything will be in the show notes, show show notes, show notes. And I can't wait to hear from you. And 
I will be coming at you with an interview next week with my beautiful friend, Ebony. I'm very excited to share that with you. And I will catch you next time on the Authentic Imperfection podcast. Bye. The Authentic Imperfection podcast respectfully acknowledges the traditional custodians of the lands on which this podcast is recorded, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. And we pay our respects to elders past, present and emerging, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders peoples today.